Hello, Badger fans, and welcome to episode 101 of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. In case you guys missed it, uh, we had our 100th episode on Tuesday. Uh, Max Brusky of Buck Around Podcast joined it. Uh, Matt had an interview uh, with him, uh, which went excellent. So I highly recommend you guys listen into that uh, if in case you missed that drop on Tuesday. So we're here back on Thursday again, uh, back to the two shows a week style that we've gotten a little bit away from given the bye week and some stuff. But we're back to that for the final three weeks of the regular season for football. Uh, Matt, how are we doing tonight? I'm doing great. Just uh, got back from the Badgers' victory over McNeese State, so ready to talk a little basketball and obviously a big-time football game this weekend against Nebraska. Yes, it should be a good one. And, you know, uh, we'll do the basketball first. I was I was able to watch the first half and uh, got off to a little bit of a slow start. Ooh, you uh, picked the wrong half to watch. <laughs> I know, I know. I, I went in to record for uh, Nebraska section of our podcast for later, and it was right at halftime, and I was like, ooh, this is going to be a battle. You know, I'm not going to be able to see the second half. And then I stepped out uh, into the living room uh, as soon as we got done, and it was like a 20-point game. So uh, I, I, it seems like Greg Gard certainly made some adjustments in the second half uh, to get this thing going. But what did you see that, that kind of made a difference uh, in the second half of that game? Yeah, I think uh, Greg Gard, like you said, made some nice adjustments early on. Um, Kennedy... Um, was just kind of killing them inside. He ended up with 20 points. He had 18 at, at half. So it was he was a guy they kind of their their uh, head coach had talked about getting it inside right away, attacking Nate Reavers, trying to get him in foul trouble, which worked because Reavers did not play very much. He only played 20 minutes on the game. Ended up with 10 points uh, overall. So they were able to kind of do that with Shamarcus Kennedy. Um, but then in the end, they ended up uh, giving him some help, sliding a couple guys down and doubling him. He only got two points the whole second half, which really helped Wisconsin. They got after it on the defensive end and started hitting some shots because, boy, oh, boy, were they struggling offensively in the first half. Yeah, that first half, they were just missing a lot, just missing their targets on a lot of shots. And, you know, credit to McNeese or McNeese State. I heard them calling it both. I didn't know what their official title yeah, was. Yeah, McNeese. I heard that they changed it. McNeese? Yeah, okay. McNeese State, yeah. Um, yeah, credit to them. I mean, they threw a lot of different looks at the Badgers defensively, and I, you know, Ben Brust made a good point on the in the commentary and said that this Wisconsin team needs to get a little bit better at their decision making, and you know, I think that that's kind of been a thing for Wisconsin basketball in the past, where they run their system and they run their swing offense so much that when they get something different and have to make adjustments, it takes them a little bit uh, to get their feet under them. But it certainly sounds like the ball started to finally just find the bottom of the net in that second half, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. They got really hot and on three-point. I mean, considering in the first half, I think they shot like 23%, and they finished the game uh, shooting 35%. That kind of lets you know just how uh, well they shot in the second half. I thought they did a really good job, actually, with passing. They had 19 assists. Uh, they were averaging 7.5 coming into this contest, so it was nice to see them kind of moving the ball a little bit around. It was also interesting to see Walt McGrory come in and play a lot more in minutes. He had nine points in that first half, kind of called upon with Kobe King injured and Brevin Pritzel in foul trouble himself. So it was good to kind of see some different guys step up and make some plays. I'm still looking for Demetric Trice to kind of come into his own. He shot okay in the second half. First half was 
kind of one he'd forget. But going forward, it'll be interesting to see what this team looks like with a big contest against Marquette this weekend because Nate Reavers has been kind of the most consistent player. But uh, Brad Davison really just was the guy who held the torch for the team today, played in 33 out of the 40 minutes and really had 24 points and kind of kept them afloat throughout the game when a lot of guys were just not able to hit their shots. He was kind of right there shooting seven of eight from the field. Well, it's good that they kind of turned it around in that second half because you mentioned the Marquette game, and that's one where me just watching that first half, I was thinking, man, that Marquette game might get ugly if this team doesn't you know, improve and start to hit some shots because really they haven't shot the ball that great in those first two and a half games. But things seem like they started to fall in that second half. Obviously getting you know into that 20-point range uh, for a win is, is always good, and hopefully we'll build them some momentum as they go into a huge rivalry game against Marquette. Uh, Matt, did you get to the uh, the post-game credits conference? I, I didn't see if there was anything, uh, any updates on Kobe King or the Micah Potter situation. I, I figured not, but I didn't know if you were able to make it over there. Uh, I tweeted it out uh, late as I was leaving, but... Greg Gard at the very end kind of noted both that there was no update really on either. He was kind of holding it close to the vest with Kobe King saying there's no timetable, but that he doesn't think it's anything major. He's been doing stuff. He was out in warm-ups working out, shooting, and doing stuff, so I don't think it's necessarily something that really needs to be worried. But, I mean, ankle sprains are tough. You know, I know that it's an ankle injury, so I would assume it's a sprain. Because uh, if it was a break, he wouldn't have been out there doing what he was doing. Um, and then Micah Potter, there was no no updates on that. I know they're just kind of waiting for that that hearing to kind of uh, that last ditch effort for an appeal. Because boy oh boy, it would be nice to have him for Marquette. Um, yeah. The one thing that they were able to do, uh, Greg Gard was able to speak for the first time publicly about the 2020 recruiting class, which. You know, it was a huge class for Wisconsin, ranked eighth nationally. So nationally, nationally. Um, <laughs> and he was able to kind of talk about uh, those guys coming in and what they will bring and how excited he is for the future of the program with those guys. Uh, there's five of them coming in. Yeah, I was checking the uh, you know the Twitter updates on that recruiting class for today because obviously it's a huge day uh, for Wisconsin basketball and, and basketball teams all over the country getting some of those guys signed that way. So if you guys are looking for some recruiting updates, I know we had some articles uh, out on B5Q on the website uh, to make sure to get to get over there and read up on those stuff because I know uh, our listeners and, and readers alike eat up the, the recruiting updates uh, when you're over at Bucky'sFifthQuarter.com. Uh, but that's all we've got for the really the basketball side of things. Obviously, uh, we'll get more into that with with the huge game against Marquette. Uh, but for right now, we're going to get back into the football game. And obviously, the Badgers have a huge contest again against what many thought would be a game that decided the Big Ten West has not panned out that way for the Nebraska Cornhuskers. But of course, the Badgers are still in that running. But before we get into the X and O's, I, I saw on Twitter today just the dominating performances from Wisconsin running backs against uh, Nebraska defenses. So, Matt, is there which one is your favorite when you look back at these dominating performances over Nebraska? Oh, man, there's a, there's a lot. I mean, that 70-31 win in Indy was, was huge going in, uh, especially when most people kind of just assumed that Nebraska was going to win that game. Um, but then – I think the 408 obviously comes to mind with the snow, the ambiance around, and then watching Melvin Gordon just kind of just slip and slide all the way through that defense was a thing of beauty. So I would say one of those two, you know, both are are near and near to my heart, given Melvin Gordon's uh, heroics in both matchups. 
Oh, yeah, they, those were amazing games. I would say those are probably the top two uh, for me, too. Really, the 408 games probably what I'd go with, simply because that was, like, one of my favorite memories in Camp Randall ever. And I think I put that up there with, like, the John Stocko QB sneak against Michigan and the David Gilreath kick return for touchdown and then the 408. So, for me, that one was huge. But there's been so many, and I didn't realize even the games where – uh, you know, the Badgers didn't run the ball as dominating as those games. There were still some pretty special performances from, from some other guys, too. So, really, they've they've really dominated uh, the series. And one loss to Nebraska, obviously, uh, in Lincoln. But, man, it's it's been a pretty one-sided series, and, and there's been some huge games on the ground this year, or in past years, I should say. Oh, yeah, and I, I mean, Jonathan Taylor himself has had some really – uh, good games. He's averaged over two, or had over 200 yards in both, each of the two times he's gone against them. So, I, I mean, if he's able to kind of keep that going, I like Wisconsin in this one. But I think that's going to be a big key to this game. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think yeah, I think that we're both kind of expecting the same thing from the Wisconsin offense that we kind of saw last week. Uh, but before we get really into that, uh, well, let's talk about this Nebraska team. Obviously, the hype train was huge for Nebraska coming into the season from everybody. It got a lot of people to buy into it. Neither of you or, or I picked them to big, win the Big Ten West, so kudos to us. We stuck with Wisconsin. We may still be wrong, but at least we got a chance. Um, but really this team, is, is it depends on, I guess, your expectations of Nebraska. Some would say they underachieved. Some would say uh, maybe they're at about where they expected, maybe a little worse probably. Uh, but what have you made of the, this Nebraska team and, and really Scott Frost's tenure so far? You know, I think Scott Frost, he, he's trying to kind of gut everything and start anew. They really haven't been the same since Bo Pelini uh, left, you know, when they were upset with going 9-4 and four and and getting to bowl games. But uh, last year obviously went 4-8, and the year before that 4-8. and So it was a little premature to, for the media and – fans to kind of predict that Nebraska is back type thing that a lot of people kind of jump to conclusions with, but they have a chance this year to, you know, possibly improve their record right now. They're sitting at four and five. I think Scott Frost is uh, a guy that can really rally the troops. He got a lot of fan buy-in. I think he's a guy who can also recruit and offensively he can do some things. Um, it'll just be interesting to see kind of what he, when it starts clicking because right now the offense hasn't been exceptional. He's got some skill talents around uh, Adrian Martinez, who I know has been hurt. But if they can really kind of get that offense going and eventually get a formidable defense, Nebraska could be good because they have all the weaponry when you look at their facilities and all the amount of money and boosters they have. It's it's second to none. So they, they have all the recipe. It's just a, a matter of making it happen. And a big reason for that is – or a big reason they haven't been able to do it is because they run into teams like Iowa and Wisconsin every year. Yeah, it's interesting because you saw last year with Nebraska, they kind of had a little bit of a run in them where they won some games. They played really tight on the road uh, with Ohio State. And then this year – you thought maybe you'd have building off that and, and be better, but they're coming into this game, uh, losers of three straight, and obviously off a bye this week, so maybe they have some time to reset. Uh, but overall, it's, it's interesting to see where this team goes from here. I think this will probably be a either a signature moment in their season to try and pull off an upset and get to a bowl game and, and maybe win. Obviously, they've got Maryland next week. If they pull off an upset against Wisconsin or Iowa and beat Maryland, they can go bowling, which I think would be obviously a huge uh, improvement to the end of their season. But uh, if they maybe get knocked down by Wisconsin and, and 
everything kind of goes off the rails for them. I think you might see Nebraska uh, pack it in for the season and, and take it on to 2020, and, and maybe they'll be improved there. And I'm sure the hype train will buy back into it, maybe not as much, uh, but we'll have to wait and see. As far as the X's and O's of this game, really Wisconsin, when I was writing the pre-show you know, pre notes that, I, that we you know, go back and forth with, I was having trouble coming up with questions about Wisconsin on the offensive side of the ball because really the Badgers have, have dominated on the ground like we talked about earlier. And I don't really know if there's anything else that we would expect or to see from this game. I mean, if they're gonna if they can run the ball, they're gonna come out and, and shove it down their you know Nebraska's throat. So, uh, should we expect anything different uh, from Wisconsin Nebraska this time around? I think Wisconsin does need to go ahead and establish the run. I liked what I saw from the Wisconsin offensive line with David Mormon and Jason Erdman kind of solidifying those guard spots along the offensive line coming out of the bye week. I think they need to continue that mojo going and really just make some plays uh, in the rushing game while also being able to sprinkle in some, some passes to keep Nebraska honest. Nebraska doesn't have to beef up front to – to hang with the Wisconsin offensive line um, on paper, I should say. Um, so it'll be it's going to be one of those things where Wisconsin's got to go ahead and push the pedal to the metal and not look back. Oftentimes when we've seen Wisconsin struggle this year on the road, it's been when they've kind of played conservative. They've got to go out and try to bury them early, like we saw when Wisconsin was playing Michigan, where you're going for it, you're going for the throat right away and not uh, taking your foot off the pedal at all. And I think the big reason for that is going to be the offensive line and their ability to move uh, the pile with Muhammad Barry being really the only defender other than the, the Davis twins on the defensive line that really scare you on Nebraska's whole defense. Yeah, and then that's what that's what Owen Reese, shout out to Owen, kind of alluded to at the beginning of the season. You know, everyone was picking Nebraska to win, and he said, you know, Nebraska's you know way too soft on the defensive line and, and up the middle to to win in this division and this conference. And, and I think he nailed uh, nailed it on the head with that. And I think you're going to ex- probably see, uh, like you said, pretty much the same attack from Wisconsin. And, and he obviously they'll have to throw the ball and get some other things involved, but. I think we're going to see a lot of the same things that we saw last week against Iowa in this game and just saying, you know, take that defensive front that you got and try and stop it. And they've got some guys uh, on there, but is there anything that – is there anyone that other than, you know, the names you might have mentioned, is there anyone on the Nebraska defense that really concerns you? Yeah, I would say – I would just say the probably the Davis twins on uh, mm-hmm. the defensive line. They both can get up to the quarterback. Uh, they've shown that over their careers. Um, Muhammad Barry, he's he's a senior. He's a good linebacker. So I kind of talked about those three. Those would be the main guys that I, I think if you can kind of keep those guys in check and not allow them to get into the backfield, you're probably set up well. Um, I just it's one of those that I worry though after what we saw when the Badgers played Illinois that Nebraska's coming off a bye. They're probably looking to make some some tweaks on their defense. Uh, did they kind of take on that? That uh, that shell that Illinois laid out, or that Northwestern laid out, and kind of try to refine it. I I hope not. Um, but you know, I know um, Tyler Biotish or no Cole Van Lannen in uh, one of the post game media sessions had talked about how teams are kind of gunning for them and changing up what they're doing, which any team would. Um, but the Badgers need to be able to still kind of make those adjustments early on if Nebraska is giving them a whole totally different look and still be able to run the ball because I don't see the playmakers that Wisconsin has on the defense being anything replicable on Nebraska's defense. Yeah, I, and I would agree, you know, from from at least the, the 
bye week prep sort of things that yeah, Wisconsin or Nebraska certainly could be making some adjustments uh, to get better. That so if you're Wisconsin, I think you want to come out and put that you know put the foot to the gas early and, and put this team behind the eight ball because if they're a team, you know obviously they're excited, big home game off a bye, they get a, a top 15 team in their building to try and turn their season around and get the bowl game. Uh, so it's huge for them early, but if you come out and just dominate out of the gate, this team might pack it in and say, you know what, you know, well, on to next year. Uh, and I think, the, like we talked about the defensive concerns, I think you know we, we talked a little bit when I was talking to the coordination guys, they, they said they're working in some new uh, younger guys that in trying to kind of prep for 2020 and on paper, that's it's usually a good thing for Wisconsin because they're going to be going against inexperienced guys. We're also going to be going against guys that have nothing to lose and are building for next year that are going to come out and, and give it their all. So how this game starts will, will be interesting to see uh, in terms of the Badgers and, and Nebraska dynamic being on the road here. Let's talk a little bit about the Nebraska offense. Now, obviously, the big name is Adrian Martinez, and obviously – the game plan last year, whatever they had in store for Adrian Martinez didn't really work. He threw, from what I can remember, I was looking at the stats and just thinking back to that game, he, he made a lot of plays, you know, scrambling around and throwing, uh, but he also just made a lot of plays with the arm in general. And, and granted, Wisconsin's defense was still trying to figure some things out at that point last year. But what do you think is, uh, is the, the concern for Jim Leonard uh, on defense, and what do you think his game plan will be to try and slow down Adrian Martinez, who threw for you know 300 and you know, th- almost 350 from what I remember last year. Yeah, and a lot of that was kind of when they were trying to come back into the game. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think I think the big thing is going to be keeping him in the pocket and making him throw. Uh, too often, he's able to to hurt teams when he's able to get out on the run, make plays with his feet. He oftentimes will try to tuck it and run before necessarily he needs to so I think getting pressure after him making him uh, stay in the pocket and kind of getting him off of his spot kind of like we talk with any good quarterback get him off their spot make them make throws that they're not accustomed to um, in the pocket Um, you know they they are only 81st in scoring offense and 65th in total offense so it's not like they're uh, an explosive team yet at this juncture but we know that they have talent they have individual playmakers you know you brought up Adrian Martinez The other guys, J.D. Spielman, dude's a stud at wide receiver. He's been in the league for a long time. He's going to be playing on Sundays. Um, He's a he's a he's basically a slot receiver at like five nine, but they play him on outside wide. And he's a guy that they're going to have to be be on at all times. I'm interested to see who the Badgers kind of float with him throughout the game. Um, But then Wandale Robinson, he's kind of an X factor in this because he's their stud freshman who. Nobody knows if he's actually going to play in this game. He was an early ad or a late add to their uh, injury report just, I think, yesterday or two days ago with some with some nicks. Um, so he's probably the guy who scares me the most just because he's so dynamic. Um, but, you know, if he even plays at this point is, a, is an uncertain. Right. Yeah, I mean, they've got playmakers on that offense that, that you, you see the names and you've, you've seen them around the Big Ten where they're certainly – concerning and then the other thing for Nebraska's offense is is the tempo that they move at there you know Scott Frost at UCF moved a little bit faster in terms of you know plays per game uh, you know they're only like 41st in tempo this year uh, but when I think back to those UCF seasons they were in the top five with 
with moving, you know, incredibly fast. And I think they probably try to get away from that in the Big Ten a little bit, but they're still moving the ball pretty quickly. So I think, you know, Wisconsin's defense is going to have to be able to match up with those playmakers that you 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 know that you mentioned, and, and also they're going to have to, you know, be ready quickly. I think Paul Chris talked about a little bit in his presser that this is probably going to be uh, the, the fastest team, not speed-wise, but just in the tempo that they move, uh, that they'll face all season. So that'll be interesting to see uh, on the you know Nebraska offense that way. Uh, you're going off of that, and uh, is there any other names that that you can think of on Nebraska offense that's really concerning, or really comes down to Robinson and Spielman and and really Martinez and just containing those three? What don't you think? Yeah, I would think it really comes down to those guys. Martinez is their leading rusher and passer. I mean, Dedrick Mills has been okay. Mo Washington probably should never play again for for all of his legal matters that are going on. But Dedrick Absolutely. Mills is is a guy who's you know he's been decent, but at the same time. Martinez is still their bread and butter. They're going to go with him on the ground and through the air. Um, but I expect Spielman to, to get his catches. If if the Badgers can kind of do to him like they did to um, the – well, gosh, what's the guy from Michigan State um, that they kind of held in check for most of the game, I think that will go a long way in uh, securing a victory for the Wisconsin. Yeah. Uh, um, what's his name? Now, I, now I'm blanking on it. Brian Lewis, I'm, Yeah, I'm, no. I'm looking him up. I'm a little uh, behind the scenes. I'm going to Google him. Um, yeah, no, I thought it was interesting. You know, I was actually talk when I was talking to Darrell Stewart. The sorry. Guys. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, when I was talking to the Nebraska guys, uh, I, I asked about the confidence in Adrian Martinez because I, from an outsider perspective, thought that they were still fully bought into Martinez as that you know dynamic, huge name player. But they, he, you know, they noted that maybe it was kind of. 55-45 that you know was, Nebraska was was kind of interested in maybe making a change from the fan base to like a Noah Verdal and you know they've also got like Luke McCaffrey waiting in the wings as a as a you know potential quarterback replacement so uh, they didn't think that a change would happen this year or in this game but uh, the future of you know Adrian Martinez if he doesn't perform against Wisconsin and Iowa uh, is certainly kind of up in the air which which I kind of thought was surprising don't you? Oh, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't have pictured that, especially when, I mean, people were touting him as a dark horse candidate, candidate for the Heisman in the in the offseason. I mean, people were blowing some serious smoke uh, this offseason about Nebraska, and a lot of people were kind of just jumping right on because of Scott Frost and kind of what he had done. But we're seeing, I mean, if you now watch what UCF's doing without Scott Frost, they're still doing it. It's not yeah. something that's crazy. It's Josh Heifel has that crew still rolling with with, and it doesn't matter the quarterback they throw in there; they're doing well. So it kind of gives you a glean some insight about maybe um, what was going on at UCF might not totally be all Scott Frost uh, in the works. Yeah, I think you're totally right. I mean, you know, the, the stats themselves, you know, spray for it. obviously. Nebraska struggled, and UCF has, has kind of kept things clicking on all cylinders with Heupel and, and Dylan Gamer. And really it hasn't mattered who they put in at the quarterback position there. So maybe that UCF system in general uh, was more to the credit than than the offensive genius mind power of Scott and, and Adrian Martinez. I still think they're both good co- coaches and good quarterbacks, but obviously the hype train and, and the star power from Nebraska kind of maybe uh, overdoes that, as we saw a lot in the preseason. But, I mean, for the for the most part, that's really all I've got for Wisconsin-Nebraska preview simply because I think it's just going to come down to 
pounding the football on offense and slowing down Adrian Martinez on defense. And, you know, you can we can get complicated and ask him other questions, but really I think it's pretty much as simple as that uh, from my perspective. Would you agree? Yeah, pretty much. I think Wisconsin, you know, Wisconsin is very – it's kind of a dichotomy. They're very different than Nebraska. Their time in possession, we're first in the nation, whereas Nebraska's 113th. So they're coming in with contracting styles. It's going to be basically a, a balance of which team can kind of dictate their game more so than the other. Wisconsin's been able to get after the quarterback, and I think they'll be able to get after Martinez because Nebraska doesn't have the offensive line that um, a lot of teams have in the Big Ten that Wisconsin's gone against. Uh, case in point, Iowa, where the Badgers only had one sack uh, last weekend, but I think the Badgers' defense will kind of get back to basics and be able to get to the quarterback, hopefully win the turnover battle, because Wisconsin can't go ahead and give Nebraska extra opportunities because their offense does have the firepower and playmakers that if you miss a tackle, they're gone. Wondell Robinson, J.D. Spielman are, are no jokes, as well as Adrian Martinez uh, when he's running or throwing. That was a great and well-thought-out answer, but I can't skip over the, the the subtle drop of dichotomy in the beginning of that was, was impressive. So I, I, I was trying to listen to it. I was like, whoa, that was, that, was a nice, that was a nice subtle drop and worked that in there nice and smoothly with, with dichotomy. You know, look at, thank you, thank look you. At Bucky, Bucky Smith's podcast, the, the dictionary, the, the thesaurus that way. So uh, and a nice work, obviously. Uh, the youth that Matt is educating is clearly getting their money's worth. So... Um, but all right, well, that brings us to our last point that we always get to, uh, score prediction for this one. What are you thinking uh, for the Badgers in the battle for the Freedom Trophy at Lincoln at 11 a.m. local time? Oh, I I haven't given this one a total amount of thought, so I'm going to be kind of flying from the hip. Last time the Badgers went into Lincoln, they were ranked kind of similarly. Uh, they were, I think they were ninth in 2017, and they won 38-17. That seems about right to me is something very similar to that where you have, you know, the back in 2017, they had a great defense. The offense was doing fairly well. They were able to run the ball. I don't see a lot of differences in that uh, outside of possibly some of the names on the jerseys. So I'm going to go with that. I'm going to go with 38-17. I could also see it being like 41 or 42 to like 17, but somewhere in that range. Um, I think Nebraska is able to put up a few points, um, but in the end, Wisconsin is able to kind of play their game and uh, salt away a win. I could see them kind of crockpotting it a little bit where you slowly chip away and take take away the lead. Yeah, I think I'm kind of on the same page. And like you said, I haven't thought about it as much either. Um, I was writing, I know I was writing my betting preview, and I took Wisconsin to cover um, so that would, but I had the score around 31 to 17 when I was doing some projections with some numbers. So I would say around that, which would be right around the spread and a couple points under uh, on the over under, which would be consistent, I think, with what I took. Uh, so I'm going to stick with that and uh, do 31 17. But we're we're, we're kind of in the same ballpark where it's whatever the score is you know, in our range, it's probably going to go that same way and, and shake out kind of how we're expecting it to, I would I would have to imagine, uh, somewhere in that ballpark for sure. Yeah, I would but think our, so, unless things go sideways, which, you know, like I like I said, Nebraska has similarities to kind of how Iowa, or, uh, Illinois does things offensively. So if Wisconsin's out there missing tackles, miscommunicating, 
you never know how things go. So I, I don't think that's going to be the way that this one unfolds, but at the same time, you never do know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the best thing way to you know prevent that is to not let a team like Nebraska hang around and and get confidence and and let them you know keep battling with you as the game goes on. You want to put it away early, and hopefully that makes them go away and and move on to uh, their next contest at Maryland. But all right, guys, that's all we've got for our preview. Um, now I'm going to go ahead and kick it over to a couple quick ad reads, get those out of the way, and then we're going to dive into an insider perspective from John who. Uh, I've, we've already recorded this part, and if you're expecting a Nebraska, you know, insider with a ton of optimism, you are not going to get that from John. He was he was not uh, super positive on, on the Nebraska season so far, but it, he's got uh, you know some nice comedic touches uh, in his responses, and it was uh, it was a ton of fun interviewing him uh, about this Nebraska team. Uh, so we're going to kick it to a couple quick ad reads, and then we'll get it over to our interview with John. All right, Badger fans, we are now joined by John Johnson of Corn Nation, who is uh, SB Nation's Nebraska football and, of course, Nebraska athletics website. So if you guys are looking for an insider perspective on the uh, Nebraska Cornhuskers, both for this game and the rest of the season, make sure to go check those guys out. They have a huge following and put out a bunch of tremendous content uh, for the website over at cornnation.com. John, thanks for joining me. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty well, all things good. considered. I mean, it's best to try to keep whatever good attitude you have left in no time. <laughs> well, th- that kind of brings me right to my uh, first question. I mean, you're a, you're a Nebraska, obviously, insider. You, you know the football team well. And I, I just kind of wanted to ask, from an insider perspective, because there were so many different narratives for this Nebraska team coming into 2019. Some expected a, a Big Ten West title. Some went as far as to be, you know, Big Ten championship game playoff aspirations, and some said, no, you know, this team isn't isn't at that spot right now. So what were your expectations for this team kind of coming into 2019? Well, I, my, most of the guys, when we do our predictions, I have like a small army that writes for me. When we do our predictions, I'd say most of us actually were probably in the 8-4, and 7-5 and five range. Uh, I'd say the majority picked – Nebraska to win the Big Ten West. Uh, I actually picked Minnesota. I, I didn't, you know, one way, I, I think it was shocking to me when we, when the preseason, what was it, the AP poll came out and Nebraska was ranked in the preseason. They, I don't, we didn't deserve the hype. Uh, I talked to Jason Kirk from the National Guys early on and he pointed out, you know, as an external guy who isn't connected to, the Big Ten at all, and he basically said, you know, you have Scott Frost, who was one of the hottest coaching prospects, and you have Adrian Martinez, who was one of the hottest quarterbacks in the nation last year. So that's where the hype comes from. And there was a lot of hype, and right now, the, right now that uh, hype is kind of burning us to death. So I know a lot of people probably were like, uh, angry that people were picking Nebraska to win the Big Ten West, and I think it was kind of a – I don't want to say it was a setup because it wasn't a setup, but it was it was overblown, 
Let's go with that. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was it was interesting. You could definitely see the path to where this team could be, but I guess from my perspective, I was kind of in the same boat as you guys uh, where, you know, these preseason things obviously get driven home, you know, big time. And like you mentioned with, uh, of course, you know, a hot coach in Scott Frost and, and a big name, Adrian Martinez, how can you not, uh, you know, at least have some of that. So I understand kind of where it came from. Uh, but at the same time, I, I think I was with you, kind of pump the brakes and, and see where this thing goes. Um, but but kind of going off of that, is that is that kind of in the same fan base? Is that what you know the fans were expecting? And and where is that fan base uh, uh, right now in terms of confidence or or ex- expectations of the program? It's really the thing about Nebraska's fan base is this: every off season, it doesn't matter. I mean, obviously the last year, Mike Riley, maybe that was a little bit different, but. You came into the first year with Scott Frost, and everybody was so excited that Scott Frost was actually our coach. And what happens every offseason, the Nebraska's media write these stories about, you know, this guy's the greatest linebacker, and this guy's the greatest running back, and this guy's the greatest quarterback. And, and you know, we call it drinking the Kool-Aid in Nebraska because Kool-Aid was invented in Nebraska. So <laughs> fans spend, they spend months reading these kind of really – puffy pieces, you know, I've never coached a kid like this before. And then they go into the season, you know, and a lot of them looked at their preseason ranking. And then, of course, Scott Frost, because he's Scott Frost, he piled on the fire and said, you know, year two is when we turn it around. Uh, I think everybody, the way, I mean, the biggest word is disappointed. I don't, I don't think sure. people are angry. Uh, some are, obviously, but I'd say pretty much – I'd go 80% disappointed. Sure, sure. And, you know, I guess from the fan base, obviously I think I think Scott Frost is a tremendous coach and, and deserves a lot of the attention that he's gotten. I know so he brought some of that hype, like you said, onto himself. But uh, from, from your perspective and the fan base perspective, are they fully bought into, you know, the Frost system and are still, like, you know, 100% behind him in year two? You know, again, I'd go with the 80, 85%, 90%. Sure, sure. You're always going to have those guys that were like, you know, I told you this wouldn't work, and this guy's going to suck anyway. And blah, 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 blah. That way they can later on, if he does fail, they can say they were right all along. And, you know, if, if they were wrong, they magically forget they ever said those things. And you, sure. you certainly have those people, and they're vocal, but they're, they're not many of them. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting to know because I mean, I I always think I always think two years is is really a hard you know window to really judge a coach. Obviously, you saw you saw you know what Willie Taggart in Florida State where that where that you know they cut the wings on that early, but at the same time, I don't I don't see that as as being the situation in Nebraska. And I think from a recruiting standpoint, it seems like Scott Frost has, has kind of improved that area and got that back to you know where Nebraska used to be. Is do you think that's kind of the case uh, in terms of recruiting? I don't follow recruiting that heavily, mostly because sure. until they get on campus, until they get qualified academically and actually step on the field, uh, you know, it's a kind of, yay, this is great, but is this guy really going to be here? I mean, probably the biggest case of that this season is Maurice Washington, who early in the season was mightily explosive and is now is no longer on the team, and he was a... a Looked like a great playmaker for us, and really, he's gone, kind of gone. Or we don't, he's not going to be around this season. So, uh, I think the recruiting, I think we we brought in some better players, and we certainly have to find some better players. I don't think that in terms of the Big Ten West, we were that far behind. You know what I mean? 
I mean, sure, listen, sure. everybody's like looking at Minnesota and going, what the hell is going on over there? And then you look at like Indiana, uh, you know, they lit us up. Well, they're having a, I don't know, they're seven and two since the first time since 1363 or some damn thing. <laughs> but, you know, I, we we shouldn't be having as many problems as we have. So recruiting right now is not an issue, although it needs to get better in the future. Uh, well, let's let's kind of dive into the X's and O's of this game. You know, get more into this this matchup. And Wisconsin, Nebraska, they haven't been playing for a long time, uh, but it's been a obviously a matchup that's been you know dominated by Wisconsin, especially in those running attacks. You've seen a lot of big games from Wisconsin running backs. So, is, coming into that game, is this is that kind of the number one concern again in in 2019? Kind of the same storyline with this this football game. Well, besides uh, my rampant alcoholism, probably yes. I mean, every time – I mean, I was I was there. I watched Melvin Gordon get taken out in the end of the third quarter after he'd set the NCAA record for rushing. I was up in the corner. I loved going to Madison. It was a beautiful, snowy day, and we were all – a bunch of Nebraska fans all screaming at Wisconsin to leave him in the game and kill us. I mean, if you're going to slaughter us, kill us dead until we're dead, dead, dead. So, you know, at the beginning of the season, the defense actually looked like it could be decent, and uh, now it's given up, you know, chunk plays and yardage. And <sighs> you looked at, I was at the Nebraska Minnesota game. I shot that as a credentialed photographer. Um, the third quarter, Minnesota just really just stomped on us. They really just said, we're just going to run up the middle and you're not going to do anything about it. And they kind of did. I mean, they had some chunk plays in there too. So we just gave up. I mean, it looked horrible. Our defense looked terrible. Uh, Indiana, they come out and they throw the ball all over and We make some guy that is a backup quarterback for Indiana look like the second coming of Joe Montana or Tom Brady or, I don't know, whoever the current NFL guy is that's the greatest pass thrower ever. So I, at this point, is that the number one concern? Um, I think the number one concern would be because our could, can our defense stop? Uh, I don't know butter at a in an angle. You know what I mean? Melted <laughs> butter. Sure. Yeah, sliding down a plate. I honest to God, it's it's just they don't they're not playing together. They don't uh, they don't all seem to be going the same direction. Yeah. <laughs> Optimism that for an answer. <laughs> that was a great answer. It's one of our more elaborate and uh, you know focal ones uh, that we've had on this podcast. So I appreciate that. Um, you're going off the personnel. Is there any certain uh, name on the defensive side that Wisconsin you know fans should be looking for? Well, if you know what the answer is, you could tell me. <laughs> oh heck, let's go with. Uh, I think I think Nebraska right now because of where we're at in the season, right? You have that, you have that, uh, you know, the red shirt rule where you can play guys for four games and they can still have a red shirt. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you're looking at do we have a depth chart we can look at? Yeah, but I think the big key for us is are they is he going to just start putting guys in there to get them experience? And what's going to happen during this game? It's going to be interesting. JoJo Doman is a nickelback who's probably one of our better players. Uh, Cam Taylor-Britt is the safety, a sophomore safety. Again, that guy's – these are the players that we're looking to build build on. And and 
I don't know, get some kind of future out of. And then you have a like freshman Garrett Nelson, who really nobody knows. And I mean, again, that's a young guy that you're trying to look at and go, could you please, um, could you please do something? I don't know, make some tackles. That'd be nice. He's a freshman, uh, outside linebacker. I'm really our 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 defensive line. We have the Davis twins. And then we have the Daniels in, in the middle, and I always think that they're going to be a lot better than they are, and they just they haven't played that well this season. I guess I could just name everybody on our defense soon. <laughs> sure, sure. We could say well, sounds- I could ask for prayers and you know a sacrifice of chickens or livers. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, so it sounds like you guys might be. You know, as the season comes down to an end, that maybe Scott Frost will look to work into some younger guys and kind of prepare for you know that defense for next season. Is that is that kind of the the vibe I'm starting to get in? In a way, I hope so. I mean, I sure. I would like us to win this game. We need sure. to win some. We need to win two of the next three to go to a bowl game. And if we don't go to a bowl game, I mean, you know, people are going to be. I don't want to. They're not going to turn on Scott Frost, but it's you know they're. I don't know. They're probably going to go. Well, I have all this money saved up that for bowl games I used to go to. I should just go to a treatment center now and spend <laughs> their money there. You know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, bowls are bowls are obviously huge for any college football program, and you know, Nebraska, you expect to be in one every year and and competing for for big ones. So I can I can totally see how you know it, it's tough to be left out of there, especially when you're trying to build a program. You know those extra few weeks of practice can can really set you up for next season. The, the um, Big Ten still plays in the Pinstripe Bowl, right? Yes, yes they do. Wow, that was that, Wisconsin's home last year that, that, <laughs> against Miami that's again. Great right now. <laughs> yeah, Yankee Stadium. It, it was. I remember that game last year. I didn't go to it because I was like, it's going to be cold in New York in that time of year. But uh, the Badgers took care of business, so it's a nice bowl if you're if you're happy with the pinstripe bowl. I wasn't super excited about it, but you know, it's better than obviously not being there. Kind <laughs> of switching gears to the, the Nebraska offense. Obviously, the the big name is Adrian Martinez nationally, and last year. I would I would have to say you know I I'm an outsider perspective but I think he had probably one of his best games of his career against Wisconsin he threw for over 300 yards uh, where do you feel that he has as you think he's taken a step forward kind of since then or or has his progress either caught up to him or maybe taken a step back here in year two under with Adrian Martinez you know last year he was decisive and he was accurate and this year he's been neither. I mean, there's been times at which he's been those things, but they're, I mean, we've lost games because he's overthrown wide open receivers. Uh, he's definitely regressed. I don't know why that is. I don't think anybody knows why it is. We can always come up with same cliches about quarterbacks, about how he's thinking too much or he's pressing or he's trying too hard. Uh, at the beginning of the season, what happened is this. Nebraska started a true center or a true freshman at center who had never played center before. And he was injured for most of the offseason, his first year in, injured for most of fall practice. So when he walked on the field to play center for the first time at the beginning of the year, his snaps were all over the place for like three or four games. Uh, He's mostly taking care of that now. And the reason why they started him at center is because they were adamant that this guy is going to be a lineman, that Nebraska hasn't had for a while, which is like an Outland Trophy winning type lineman. Or a, you know what I mean? We just haven't had those. Mm-hmm. We used to have those. So 
I think part of it was Adrian. We're on first name basis, he and I. Um, <laughs> we started. He started out uh, having to deal with these high snaps, and I don't know if that just destroyed his confidence for the season, but he's definitely regressed. I mean, if we're gonna do, if we're gonna win this game. Uh, he has to hit the guys. He has to hit receivers. You know, I didn't. Where our running offense is anemic. Uh, I think that Nebraska can be an explosive offense, but he, it has to be up to him. And the problem with him is, is that um, you know, it's the quarterback. Everybody blames the quarterback. I mean, who is the guy you guys had transfer to Florida? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, Alex Hornibrook. Yep. Everybody blames yeah. him for everything. Yeah, yeah. You know, when you had a team problem and you, everybody's like Hornybrook, 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 Hornybrook. Well, right now, a lot of people are Martinez, 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 and it's sure, the same thing. Sure. So, yeah, yeah, and the, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. I mean, obviously, the, the quarterback and the head coach are going to take you know shoulder most of that responsibility, even when it's you know not fair you know all the time, and sometimes they deserve that. You know, of course. Their their fair share, but at the same time, they, they probably don't deserve all the criticism uh, that they've gotten. But you know, it's just kind of a wait and see. But you know, obviously, Martinez will be will be back for you guys next year. Is there any? Uh, well, there wouldn't be any you know quarterback competition. I mean, the fan base is are they still fully behind Martinez, or is it kind of a still wait and see right now? Ah, uh, that one's hard. Sure, I'd say there's a lot of people that would like to see him sit and us play uh, Noah Vedral, who's a backup. Uh, we have a freshman, Christian McCaffrey's brother, Luke McCaffrey, yeah. came in and played for a little while, and he actually looked pretty good. So I don't know, will there be more competition in the future? Probably next year, but uh, is the fan base behind him? I'd have to say, you know, earlier I said like 80 and, and 90% of questions. I'd say that's probably 55-45, uh, 55 oh, wow. for him. And 45 was really – I mean, we're, we're getting at a point here where, again, oh, my God, we might not make a bowl game. I, you're literally grasping at anything, you know? Right, right. Yeah, that's interesting to know. I would have never thought it was that close, so that's why it's good to get, obviously, a perspective and, you know, from, a, from an insider like you uh, on the show to, to give us that. Um, so that, that kind of brings me to my last question. You kind of touched on it earlier, I think, obviously, with the hit and the passes, but we asked this to every guest uh, that comes on and previews their team. Uh, and it will ask you to fill in the blank. Nebraska wins this game if blank. <laughs> <laughs> I had a feeling that was coming. <laughs> okay. That, um, I have faith. Let's see. Nebraska sure. wins this game if we w- play a clean game and we score more points than the other team. No. Um, I'd say, you know, again, if if we can get our offense going, if – I, if we can just – the defense can just play together for one bloody game, I don't know. I mean, this was a game, even when people had higher expectations at the beginning of the year, Wisconsin was a game we looked at and went, well, that'll probably be a loss. I mean, you can separate the fan base by that. You know, are we going to beat Wisconsin? Eh, probably not. Well, if you said no, you were probably one of those guys that said 7-5 and five is what your record would be. If you said yes, you were probably one of those 10-2 and two people that – you know, now we're all crazy people locked up in asylums, and I don't know. Uh, that's a long answer to if, isn't it? 
Well, that's a good answer. It's a truthful answer. I, you know, we chuckled about it. You know, when we had the Illinois preview, you know, we kind of chuckled about that. Didn't think that you know the same way that we didn't think Illinois had a chance, and you know they 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 handled us. So you know anybody can can win every given week if you if you put those things together. So it's interesting to note that way. Uh, but John, thanks again for joining us. Uh, I don't have any further questions there. Um, obviously, it'll be a it'll be a, an exciting game. Are you making the? I guess it's in. Uh, it's in Nebraska, so I don't know why I was about to ask you if you're making the track to Madison. <laughs> Are you going to be at the game on Saturday? No, I'm not. I was actually planning to earlier in the year, but I <laughs> I just say this, but I'm losing my faith also. That sure. sounds terrible sure. in public. <laughs> well, it's, it's honest. It's honest. So uh, I, we always appreciate that because, you know, we don't we, – we try not to sugarcoat Wisconsin when, when they, you know, slip up and make mistakes, and, you know, we appreciate uh, the other fan bases doing the same. I will say this. The, I, here's the thing. I'm just going to stay home and drink beer. If I went to <laughs> Lincoln not? this weekend, I'd probably end up in jail or something. Then it'd be really expensive and my wife would be angry. I'm sure. You don't want you a happy wife, happy life. You don't want to do that yes. over Nebraska football. <laughs> Guys, thanks again for listening uh, to Bucky's Fifth Podcast, episode 101. Obviously, our Nebraska preview. Uh, we'll be back uh, on Tuesday for the Nebraska recap, and we'll get into some more Wisconsin hoop stuff. But, John, thanks again for joining the show. We we really appreciate you coming on. Uh, to our listeners, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Wisconsin. Thank you.